What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Guide Series podcast, and uh, we got an awesome guest for you uh, this week. It'll be our second woman woman we've had on the podcast, and we're uh, super excited to have her on. Um, but before I get into that, um, if you're looking to pick up a new set of outdoor gear and apparel this fall or want to get cash for your unwanted gear, check out our friends at CameraRetro.com. Camera Retro is a great place to find pre-owned or new gear, especially in those timeless, especially those timeless vintage and old school styles of camo patterns that you can't find in store today. Create your free seller account for $5 off your next order and use the code Guide Series 5 for 5% off their hand-picked Camera Retro collection. That's Guide Series 5, all lowercase with no spaces in the number five. Follow Camera Retro on Instagram and create your seller account on CamoRetro.com today. And we have on the podcast, Maddie Kovach. Uh, I said that right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh, go ahead, Maddie, and say hello to the viewers. Hi. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Awesome. Uh, we're, we're, we're really excited to get you on. Um, and for everyone listening, there is a little bit of a delay uh, between me and Maddie. So just hang in there. Um, if there is a connection issue, uh, I'll try some way to figure out how to edit that. I still haven't figured out how to edit. So, you know, I should probably learn how to run a podcast by now, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you would think on episode 13, I'd probably have, uh, figured it out by now, but, uh, false, everybody false. Um, <laughs> So, Maddie, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of who you are, where you're from, kind of give us the basics, and, uh, and kind of run with it from there. All right. So, my name is Maddie Kovach, and I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee right now, but actually, currently, I'm a whitetail guide in Clay City, Clay Center, Kansas, um, with Midwest Whitetail Adventures. And I also um, do a little bit of helping out and guiding at 2W Outfitters in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Um, I've been hunting for about three or four years now. Um, and I kind of taught myself how to hunt and do everything. And I've been working at Outfitters ever since that. So it's been a lot of fun. And when did, so let's kind of, before we start getting into the Outfitters, because we will, and that's what I want to kind of concentrate on as well. Um, so did you start hunting in Cleveland, Ohio? Yes. So I actually started hunting in Chesterland, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes east of Cleveland. Um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but that's where my parents have their house at. And that's where we all grew up. Um, and we have a little bit of land out there. So that's kind of where my first experiences were learning how to bow hunt. Um, my uncle actually kind of taught me whatever he knew and I kind of just took all that information and went from there. So how old exactly, like, were you, were you like when you started figuring out, you know, like, Hey, I kind of like this, I kind of like this sport. I kind of like this hobby. Um, so I'm 28 right now and I started about three, three years ago. Um, and so I was about 25 and I didn't have any experience with hunting whatsoever. Um, I just kind of woke up one day and really decided I wanted to try it. And so I contacted everybody I kind of knew that had 
anything to do with hunting or the outdoors, which was not a lot of people. Um, and then I looked up a lot of like YouTube videos and watched a lot of outdoor network and stuff like that, just trying to pick up on tips. And so, yeah, I would say about five years or three years ago when I was 25. <laughs> That's really cool, actually, because usually, you know, we bring on guests on the show and, you know, it's either their, their dad or their uncle or cousins or something, or they're just born around it. But you mm -hmm. really didn't get into it when, when you were a child. And yeah. the fact that you got into it kind of in your mid twenties mm -hmm. um, is actually really, it's, it's kind of really neat. Yeah. Um, and so like you, like YouTube videos, you just started getting into it by that and kind of learning like what to look for, what not to do, you know, like what, what, you know, what you need to, like what you need to get yep. in the stores. Exactly. Did you hunt up in Cleveland? Yep. It's been a lot of trial and error. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, did you, uh, <laughs> did you, um, I had a question going here, but, um, just self-taught. I just, honestly, I, I can't, I, I, I thought, I thought for sure because you, you like you guide whitetails and then you also do some duck hunting, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. but I thought for sure it was going to be like a family thing or, you know, your, your, your whole, you know, grandpa was going to be like, it's just a family history. Your whole tree was going to just be like bread hunters, but that's honestly, that's fascinating. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's funny. Like my dad doesn't hunt my grandpa doesn't hunt or anything like that. Um, so I really came into this by myself. I didn't, I've never actually dated anybody that's hunted. Cause I know a lot of women got, which there's nothing wrong with it. They get introduced to the sport of hunting through, you know, if they have a boyfriend that hunts or something like that. Um, but I've never had that either. So it's definitely my own, um, my own thing, you know, <laughs> I got, I got you did. And so because you didn't have anybody to kind of show you, did you, where did you hunt at? Like, was it like, was it public land or was it private land? So, um, a lot of my hunting now I actually do in Tennessee and I'm very fortunate to have found, um, one of my best friends, Libby through social media. Um, she hunts a lot as well. And what we'll do is go knock on doors together. Um, so we really fight for our land out there. Um, we're, when season ends, that's really when we start trying to find land for next season. Um, so we just, we just do the old fashioned knock on doors, look at Onyx maps, contact landowners. So it's pretty much all private, just with okay. permission. Gotcha. Very cool. And I didn't know, and obviously like I lived in Tennessee, you said you're from Gallatin and for people that don't know, Lebanon and Gallatin are probably like just a crows, you know, crows fly away from each other. Um, but that I didn't realize Tennessee was so, uh, I guess Tennessee landowners were so vulnerable and kind of open to just knocking on doors and ask for permission. I had no idea. Some aren't. <laughs> some, so, aren't. Like, some aren't, right, exactly. People that, yeah, you'll get people that, you know, they either hunt or their their um, cousin's son is coming in and they want to hunt one weekend so they won't let you have any of the land, access to their land. Um, but a lot of them we've found have been super nice and welcoming for women 
um, to get into hunting and all of that. So we've been really lucky. That's really cool. I'm going to have to introduce you because my fiance, she is a huge, she is a huge deer hunter um, actually. And she hunts, she's from Michigan um, and their family, they hunt up in like the upper peninsula and I haven't experienced it yet. I will sooner than later. Um, but she said the deer hunting up there is so different. And, and I take her down here to our farm in, um, in Watertown. I don't know if you know where Watertown is, but we hunt in Watertown and, um, she just said, it's just so different. She, she, and she likes hunting down here. Uh, but she just said, you know, there's nothing like hunting when there's, you know, you know, probably two or three feet of snow on the ground and it, and the, and the, and the, and the deer, yeah. the deer are different up there. They act different. Um, so she's, she, she's big into, I'll, I honestly, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get you guys to meet up someday and maybe, maybe, uh, you and her yes. can go on a hunt. Yeah, that's my, uh, best friend that I was just talking about Libby. She's actually from Michigan and she lives in Nashville with me now and she hunts, uh, the UP a lot. So I've heard tons of her stories up there and she loves it up there. So that's pretty cool that your fiance is from there as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'm thinking honestly now, um, cause I, we, I didn't know this prior to talking to you before we started recording, but I think there might be uh, a night where yeah. we all get beers together and, uh, and, and kind of, and kind of kick it, um, and have you, uh, have you guys meet. That's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Um, and oh, and up there, she was saying, and we don't talk about much. This is kind of like the first time we talk about deer uh, on the on the podcast. I know it's a waterfowl podcast, but hunting in general. But I like to stick to waterfowl because that's what I know best. Honestly, I just deer hunt to pass the time to duck yeah. season. But she was saying up there, um, the deer, there's a migration. There's actually like a migration trail, and it looks like a beat down highway. That's like you know, 10 or 15 feet wide through like through the snow and the deer tra oh, like travel God. all the way from the UP and go all the way down the state and they stay on that trail. And, um, she was just saying like, you know, the things that you have to deal with, like, you know, the, you know, I guess the game wardens up there, they always warn you about, um, about like cougars and stuff like being up in the trees and she has to deal oh. like, you have to deal with like wolves oh. and, yeah. And I'm like, and yeah. And so like, she is so hardcore. She is so nailed. She's like, she's like, yeah. So like when I'm walking to my blind, you know, I'm like, I'm having to like look up in the trees above me because that's how they ambush you. And I'm like, nope, no, nope, not me. No, 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 absolute not way. Me. Yeah. I can, I can hardly deal with. Yeah. I that's can, actually. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I just said that's one of my biggest fears. Cougars are, like, I think about it. I have an irrational fear about them in the woods. I don't know why. I think about them, like, every day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's awful. very weird. No, it's awful. I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, there's no, there's no freaking way. Because once a spider hits me in the face when I'm walking through the woods in Tennessee, um, I feel... <laughs> I freak out. I freak I'm done. out. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once that spider web, spider web just like tapers your face and just like, like suction cups to your face. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really flustered after that point. 
That's funny. I actually have a nickname here um, that they call me Spider because I was walking up to a stand one time and I walked right into a spider web and they were all behind me and I was doing the like crazy like flailing my arms and just like about to vomit all over the place. And so that's how I got my nickname, Spider. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It, it is the, it honestly is probably, it's got to be like the top five worst feeling walking through the woods and, and a spider latching on, <laughs> like a spider web latching onto you because then you just feel like it's crawling yeah. all over you. Yeah. Like, I so will, cool. I will go to my knees. Honestly, I've had one hit me in the face and I like went to my knees because I knew, <laughs> I knew it was on me. I knew it was on me. And some of those spiders here in Tennessee I feel like yeah. <laughs> our our insects, I feel like, are five times the size of any other state for some odd reason. Um, and that includes spiders. So um yeah. Ten, 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 Tennessee bugs. But let's get kind of back on track a little bit. So um so you're so you're living in Nashville, you're hunting, um, and then and then and then how did you go from going to Nashville and then all of a sudden deciding, okay, well, I want to guide whitetail deer, um, out in Kansas. Like, how did that opportunity come about? Uh, kind of, when did it start? How long you've been doing it? So, um, like I said before, I worked at a few other outfitters and, um, I got in working with outfitters, uh, kind of through the cooking side. So I do also have a catering business. Um, my focus is on wild game. And so that's how a lot of these outfitters kind of um, got to know me through that. So, you know, the, my first job at an outfitter was working in Pike County. And um, I worked for an outfitter up there in Pike County, Illinois. And I was cooking there all season. And I was kind of just like dang, I really love cooking, but you know, I, while I'm in the kitchen, I'd rather be like out skinning the buck or like go seeing the deer or like go tracking deer or whatever. So I kind of asked my boss if I was able to kind of like step out of the kitchen a little bit and learn these things. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he was really good about teaching me some of that stuff. And then from there, I kind of was just like, well, I would rather guide. And then this opportunity presented itself um, through one of my really good friends, Rochelle Hedrick. Um, and she got me in contact with them up here. And that's how I got here. So this is my first year officially guiding full time. Very cool. Very interesting. Never would have guessed that either. And I kind of I kind of had a, a question pop into my head too <laughs> when you were answering that. Um, so yeah. in, like in, I'm, I'm kind of going backwards so I'm sorry but what what kind of made you oh, you're fine. what kind what kind of made you you know just say to yourself like I want to start hunting like I like this interests me I'm 25 and you start watching YouTube videos like what was that just like a, you found that outlet being something to you know cuz it's an outlet for me it's peace and relaxation and I get away from the real world but yeah. some people it's different how like what like what kind of sprouted that or what you know you know what I'm trying to say yeah um so I think that's kind of that answer is always evolving for me right now because I started it off really 
I woke up one day and was like, I kind of feel like I want to know where my food comes from. And <clears throat> that's where I started getting into using the venison a lot. And I started posting my recipes online and on my Instagram and that got kind of traction. And so in order to get more venison, obviously I would need to teach myself how to do it myself. Um, so that's kind of where that that was my initial spark. Uh, I just wanted to know where my food came from and I wanted to get the best quality food um, for my recipes. And then it kind of evolved into what you said where like it just became my peace and quiet and I just love being outside and I'm competitive by nature. So I feel like I'm kind of involved in like a sport now. <laughs> like I, I can kind of, I want to get the biggest buck. I want to prove that I can do it types type deal so that's kind of where that came from <laughs> kind of a weird answer but no I mean it's a great answer and you usually and, and that and we'll get into that later on but that that honestly that answer right there that separates you from a lot of others that are that I, a lot, I think I, I want to be careful what I say here but you know whatever it's my podcast I can say what I want um <laughs> Um, that, that, that's a, that's a really true and honest answer because there's, I feel like there's a lot of people out in the outdoor industry, maybe doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and honestly, you couldn't answer that any better. Mm -hmm. Just wanting to know where your food came from. And I think that's the answer, uh, of a true conservationist actually. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so you're working for an outfitter and so what what do you do for your outfitter now obviously you're guiding but do you still do uh the cooking or what like what what is your, what's your kind of like your daily like your daily stuff that you do yeah so um i got hired on as a full-time guide and um with kind of like an understanding that if the kitchen needed any help that I would do that as well. Um, so we actually have a full-time chef as well, and she prepares all the dinners, the lunches, um, but I'll come in and help her whenever she needs it because we, we take about 25 hunters every week, so we have to pump out a lot of food. So <clears throat> I'll help her with the menu planning, and I'll help her with the grocery ordering and the buying for all the lodge and um, then if she needs help preparing it, I'll, I'll help her. But for the most part, I get up early. I take all my hunters out, uh, make sure they're in their stands safely and pick them up again about 11 o'clock. And then during the day, I'm, I'm feeding stands. I'm checking stands. I'm checking trail cams. And then I come back and help with lunch and, you know, repeat that cycle at dinner getting our hunters out and all of that keeps it keeps it busy that's I'm my sure. typical that's, day that's a and then then that's a, that's a full day yeah <laughs> yeah it is every but all of our hunters are like oh do you get to come back home and nap i'm like absolutely not <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. always something to do <laughs> yeah exactly and clients and that's what we we do talk about that on this podcast heavily and about clients and, and because that's and it's kind, of, kind of why I started the podcast is to show kind of the behind the scenes of what guides do 
um, because it's not all, you know, hunting and, 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 ta and taking game. A lot of it, you know, especially deer hunting, duck hunting is a little different because you're, you're, yeah. you're with those clients, but heck deer hunting. And I didn't really think about it that way. Deer hunting, you're, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was just agreeing with you. Like duck hunting, you're actually with them while they're hunting. Deer hunting, I rarely have to go out with somebody um, unless they want me to sit with them or record them or something like that. But I, I usually won't go out with them. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, and so just being being around your clients deer hunting and when you drop them off, you're all, you're going back and doing more work, which which, you know, I feel like duck hunting clients, <laughs> you know, you're, you're with those clients from the morning till probably lunchtime. And then you might go out into the, you know, you might start scouting yep. for a feed the next day or the next morning while they're, you know, having lunch or taking naps or doing, you know, doing whatever they're doing. Um, no, that's, that's really interesting. I didn't yeah, really think exactly. because, because we don't talk about uh, deer hunting that much. I honestly never really thought about what, um, what guides do for deer during like when, like when they're, when the, when the clients are hunting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So we're a little different. One of the, um, the biggest outfitters in Kansas. So we have close to 55,000 anchors. Um, and not all of that's huntable. Uh, but we have about like 270 stands or something like that. Um, and each guide is delegated their own little area. So I have my own little area I take care of. Um, so I'm constantly like, and you know, Kansas, we're allowed to bait here. So one of our main jobs is making sure all the feeders are full. So, you know, when we have hunters back at the lodge during the day, we're out feeding, we're in changing stands and setting up our stands, making sure shooting lanes are cleared, all that. So there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> and that's kind of got to be a cool aspect for you. Uh, and it's probably, it's probably really rewarding for you because, you know, that outfitter does give you kind of your area and you get to kind of pick and choose where you want to put those feeders, where you want to put yeah. those stands. Uh, and then, you know, when you put a client in that stand, you, you kind of know what's already going on. And if that client does take, uh, take a deer, that's kind of almost, it's, it's almost kind of be rewarding as shooting one then because that's all your hard work and all that time and effort put yeah. in. Yeah, it really is because, I mean, we're checking these cameras. We know the deer that's on there. We know their patterns. So you're really playing chess with these deer. So when your hunter gets an opportunity at one, you feel like, okay, that's kind of a win in my book because I've been playing with this deer since, you know, September. So it's kind of, it's a really cool experience. Um, and, you know, you feel good for your hunter that they're able to get one of their biggest bucks and, of their lifetime really so it's pretty cool that's awesome and how do you deal with uh with clients for deer hunting ver versus duck hunting because you do both and we'll get into the duck hunting in here in a minute uh we'll lay off the deer because it's a waterfowl yeah. podcast but we'll yeah. how do you deal how do you deal yeah. with the clients <laughs> no you're fine i'm asking the deer questions because honestly it's it's kind of interesting uh on what and <laughs> what you do it's honestly an eye-opener for me and i'm learning a bunch tonight um, but how do you deal with clients when, when stuff doesn't go right or, you know, when they sit up in the tree for six hours and they don't see a deer? 
I mean, is it, how, how do you deal with those clients when they come back um, and whatnot? So, I mean, really the major thing is just keeping their spirits up because, you know, the first day, if they don't really see something, you know, they'll be kind of like a little down, but still positive. But like you're getting on day five and they haven't had an opportunity yet or something. You really just have to make sure they're focused and make sure they're not stand jumping and just, you know, they have to just trust you. Um, so I just try to kind of make sure that their spirits are up and, you know, show them some pictures of what we have on camera, just r remind them of why they're here, make sure anything um, we can do to make their stay better here, you know, we'll bring them coffee, we'll, we'll just try to make stuff good for them here, make sure their favorite food is here. Um, so it's really about customer service at that point. <laughs> we can only do so much, you know, you can't really train these deer to come in at certain times. But you try our best <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i understand um it, it, it's got to be different it's got to be a different aspect in dealing with clients for deer versus dealing with clients for ducks yeah. um because when you know when you're duck hunting you actually yeah. you actually have and, and you put in a lot of work beforehand and you put them up and you know you put them up and stand b for a reason mm -hmm. that morning um but but right. when you're when you're duck hunting you almost have another hand in the game where you can call and when you where you can try to fool these birds to come into your spread <laughs> and there's a lot more yeah. there's a lot more you know interaction should be hopefully there's a lot more interaction with you know visual yeah. stuff that you can do um and it's got to be it's got to be way different yeah i mean obviously duck hunting is a completely different vibe because Usually they come in with a group of their buddies, you know, they have a nice blind set up and they can have fun while doing it. Whereas deer hunting is a little bit more high stakes, like it's just them and, you know, you came, you paid all this money to shoot and you get one opportunity basically. But duck hunting, it's more of like, you know, you get some ducks flying in and, you know, it can change at any minute. Ducks are unpredictable. <laughs> Yeah, they certainly are. They, they get me fired up. Um, talk about, and I've seen your Instagram. Uh, obviously that's how I found you. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, okay, this girl is hardcore to the bones. Um, and that's why I had you on, but talk about, has it, have any of your, um, clients have been successful kind of talk about some of the deer that they've taken so far, and then we'll get off the deer and we'll start talking ducks. Yeah. Um, so I've actually had uh, two deer come off my properties this season. Um, the biggest was 159. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, that was a really nice deer. And so that was just awesome to see. He was so excited. And that was really my first experience of getting somebody on a deer. Um, and it was the biggest deer he's ever shot. So and he's been hunting his whole life. Um, so that was really cool to have a, a hand in that. Um, and I got to be a part of a little girl shooting her first book. And, you know, the youth season was amazing here. So that's been really cool to witness. Very cool. Um, yeah, that's, those are all like, and 
everyone can go check your Instagram out and we'll give your Instagram handle at the end of the podcast. But some of those deer that are on there are absolutely massive. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they grow them big here in Kansas. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. My buddy, uh, my, actually my good friend, uh, Jake Newby, we've had him on the podcast a bunch, a bunch of times. Um, he's actually out in Kansas right now guiding waterfowl, but they do some deer hunts here and there and they shot a couple deer and Kansas and deer are just, you know, it, it is actually unbelievable. I know. It's so cool. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about ducks. So once I'm guessing once um, you work for an outfitter uh, as well in Stuckart, uh, Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, and they're called, yes. are they, they're called 2W Outfitters. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah, uh, 2W Outfitters. And talk about how, uh, I guess, I, and I'm sure you transitioned after Kansas and then come there for, for ducks. Yes. Yeah, so um, I actually do a lot of work in the off-season for 2W as well. Um, just... I book a lot of hunts. Um, I do a lot of women's hunts with them. And um, I basically have a hand in everything over there. Um, one of the owner, James Chioni, he's one of my really good friends. So he's been very helpful. Um, and he's let me get involved in really anything I want. So <laughs> I have a lot of experience there managing a lodge, um, just basically doing whatever. I set decoys, I go out with hunters you know, I can do anything there. Um, but yes, I do transition there full time after deer season, uh, December, like 14th is our last hunt here in Kansas. And I'll go immediately there to Stuttgart. Cool. You're like living the freaking dream. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that a lot. (laughs) That's on, that's unreal. Do it while you're young. Talk about, Uh, And we, and when I was messaging you before trying to get you on the podcast and whatnot, um, talk about this women's outreach uh, program or like booking a lot of women's hunts, kind of give me a little spiel on that. Yeah. So we actually have a lot of women's hunts going on this season. Um, We try to do a group of about five women each week and um, that's a women's only hunt and it's fully guided And we just try to get women from all over to be a part of something. And we take new hunters all the way through to women that have been duck hunting their whole lives. Um, And it's a really fun opportunity just to meet other women in the industry. Uh, We have some great women coming this year. Um, And we started about two years ago. I did a snow goose hunt uh, last season and we had a great turnout. We had about like I think it was 10, 15 women last season. And that was amazing. So we just decided to carry it through to duck season and going to do another snow goose one. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. We get uh, Instagram DMs from all over wanting to join. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, women are the, the next generation of hunting and it's so important I think, and I'm such a supporter in women getting into the outdoors um, and, and being conservationist. Yeah. It's so, it's so important um, just, just for, you know, buying duck stamps and buying licenses 
uh, and just ha and having w having women, yeah, uh, having women in the outdoors is is huge. And uh, it sounds like what what you're doing um, is awesome. I'm definitely and and Hunter, my fian my my fiance's name is Hunter as well. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm not kidding. So when <laughs> I say Hunter, yeah, so when I'm saying like Hunter on the podcast and my fiance, <laughs> I'm not like talking about myself in third person. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a psycho. I promise. Um, but uh, but I'm trying. And Hunter, <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> Hunter came down to Arkansas uh, last year, and I took her on her first uh, duck hunt, uh, and we had one in Dyersburg, and she loves duck hunting. I haven't got her on like just an absolute like barrel burner yet. I hope to here this season but i would love okay. to get her in something like that um when you guys put like a snow goose hunt together or whatever because she loves it uh and uh yeah she she loves all that stuff it's awesome that you do that though cool yeah yeah it's been a lot of fun i i find like it's easier for women to learn from other women um opposed to asking a man for help it can be very intimidating to ask a man for help especially hunting you know involving guns and all of that um so this really creates a safe environment for women to just kind of ask questions to mess up and it's all okay and we just are there to have fun and learn so it's a great environment it's awesome it sounds like it um what women, what women do you kind of look up to in the industry of hunting? Uh, if like there's one on social media uh, that you like, because I look up to a couple of different guys on Instagram and I think they're doing just an awesome job. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to pave my own way and my own path, yeah. but I also have someone I look up to. Do you have someone that you look up to being a woman in the outdoor industry? Yeah. So I actually try to stay away from a lot of the, um, social media stuff. Um, I do have a, I do follow a lot on Instagram, but um, I try to kind of keep my circle a little bit tighter with women that I know are great influences and someone I would love to recommend to the younger generation. Um, so one of my like really good friends I mentioned before, uh, Rochelle Hedrick, she's one of the most amazing teachers you'll ever meet. Um, and so I really look up to her and she does a lot of the trade shows and she has a lot of great contacts. Um, so I pretty much anytime I have any questions, I go to her immediately. Um, and just a lot of my girlfriends that I've met, I really look up to. Um, I think anytime a woman is trying to do kind of in a, in a male dominated world, they're trying to do something. I look up to them. Um, so I kind of keep my circle a little tight, but I have a lot of women like that who I look up to. That's awesome. Um, and I, I was hoping you're going to be like one in particular, but that's okay. You, you did answer my question though. Um, so maybe, maybe I can get you, maybe I can get, maybe I can get you to spill one on this question. If you can meet one, say that again, sorry. No, you're fine. I said, who, who should I look up to? Well, no, I'm you not saying, me one. no, I'm not I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's like <laughs> one in particular, but maybe like if you could meet one person, um, that, you know, in the mm -hmm. women outdoor industry who like, uh, like, you know, people at these, um, games, like at these shots, like, you know, at shot show and NWTF, um, yeah. you know, all these people that travel around and do all that kind of stuff. If there's one person in a booth that you can meet, 
tomorrow, who would it be? Um, so I actually, I met Ava Shockey. I really like her. Um, she's been super sweet to me and yeah, I, she's probably one person I would really like to kind of get to know more of. Um, and I like Christy Titus too. I think she's cool. She's out West and she kind of has her own thing going out there. Um, but yeah. Uh, Ava Shockey, um, does she have the little, uh, does she have the little Corgi dog? Does she have the little dog? Am I thinking of the wrong woman? There's one. I don't think uh, she does. There's one. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could, my, my thumbs aren't fast enough to look up it on, on Instagram, uh, mid, uh, podcast, but there's really one, know who you're about. there's one woman, out, oh. woman, woman out there who has a little dog. <laughs> And I can't think of her name for the life of me. People probably listening to this are probably like, you're an idiot. Um, but there's one person out there. If I can meet her, uh, I definitely, her name is on the tip of my tongue too. It's killing me. Um, anyway, I, if I, if I remember it and I'm like, you're, and you're like mid sentence, I, if I shout it out, don't be surprised. Yeah. Just shout it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and this is my getting not like a personal question, uh, but, and it, but probably like a little bit more on the sensitive side, but this is questions that I do want to ask. Uh, have you ever been looked down yeah. upon for being a woman in the outdoor industry? Um, you know, because I, I obviously, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's fair, but I know, so I also know, uh, other men in this industry too, maybe some of the old timers and guys that have been around for a long time and guys that have different opinions. Mm -hmm. But have you ever kind of ran into a scenario like that? Um, most of it is uh, on social media. Like I see there's some, some accounts and stuff like that that will kind of um, not bash female hunters, but, you know, the, they are not too kind to them. Um, but a lot of that hate kind of stems from women that will sleep with outfitters and stuff like that for hunts. Um, and I try my best, like really to separate myself from those type of women. I know that goes on in the industry. Um, but I don't want anybody thinking that about me and just attributing my success to because I slept with somebody. Um, so I do know that happens. I've never personally been affected by it. Um, you know, I'll have guys come in that are surprised I'm a guide, um, but I've never really felt like uncomfortable or anything like that, which I'm extremely lucky for. Um, and I, I have a lot of great men around me that really are uplifting and have taught me a lot. So I don't think they really will let that happen to me. Um, but yeah, I can't really, I haven't really dealt with any of that I guess but yeah. I'm lucky because I know a lot of women do right right yeah I understand and that's awesome you you surround yourself with a group of men um that that are like that and that and and that kind of uh um hold themselves up to that you know standard and whatnot which which they should um talking about social right. media uh talking about social media because we we kind of do get into the photography side 
uh, in social media and how it plays a big role. Um, and you said you're not huge on social media uh, as far as, you know, maybe like posting pictures and stuff, but do you have any, like any opinions on women that do post social media for the wrong reasons or, um, and you don't have to answer that if you don't want to um, because it is a sensitive subject, but I think if, you know, if, if willing, it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Uh, so I think everybody is entitled to do whatever they want with their social media. Um, but I think we all need to remember that just because we see a edited photo of somebody, you know, holding a huge buck up or something or a bunch of ducks or whatever they're doing. Um, I just think we need to remember that sometimes everything's not what they seem. And I kind of hate when people try to be something they're not. Um, and I think we all need to remember that. But I also believe that social media is good um, because it has afforded me a lot of, um, you know, friendships and job opportunities and stuff like that. Um, but I think it can also be a bad thing. Yeah, I hear you. And I mean, social media, I found you on social media and started scrolling through your stuff and knew you were hardcore just by the pictures. And just, it seemed like, it seemed like the girl that I'm interviewing now is the girl that is, you know, is on social media. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, uh, it wasn't like a fake thing or anything like that because that does exist, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think themselves in a different way um, on social media and then you get them to a hunt camp or whatever and they don't even know how to use their gun or something like that so I and I'm not looking down on anybody for learning um, I'm just you know I wish people would be more honest about their lives and that's really that's really it yeah because I mean some people portray it's like they portray um, it's like they portray something that's not that's like, that's, that's not, that's not them. And they just do it just for the likes or just for the attention yep. or whatnot. But I, in, in, in all honesty, uh, anybody can, anybody, anybody that knows it for real can see right through it. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. Um, talk about when you're honest and oh, you have integrity. No, go ahead. There's a, there's a delay. That was our, no, that was our fine. one, me I'm that was our one mess up where we told ourselves we were going to have, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I was saying like when you're honest and you have integrity and you're authentic, people really see, they see that and they want to work with you and you don't have to be posting your boobs and your butt and stuff like that. When you actually have something to offer companies and outfitters and businesses, they will want to work with you. So that's what I have to say. <laughs> there you go. That's a really good answer. And that's the answer kind of that I, I expect you to say too. Um, so photography and yeah. photography is, is a huge thing. Um, I do some on the side. It's just a hobby of mine. I don't get paid for it. Um, I do some for my outfitter, Arkansas Duckmasters and Proctor, Arkansas. Um, I do some for them, but that's more of just like a friendship, you know, kind of, obviously I'm a guide there, but I just do it because I'm, you know, 
I, I do it because I like doing it and I offer it to them um, because I like doing it. Um, but have you ever yeah. thought about getting into photography because you do see on social media, all these people are taking really cool pictures of all their experiences and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you do photography or not, but if you don't, have you ever thought about getting into it? Um, I've definitely thought about it before. I just don't really have the artistic ability. Um, but, you know, there's stuff in the woods that I wish, like, I would have had a camera for or something like that. And I'm seeing all these cool memories for people that I wish I had a camera that I could really take great pictures. Um, but I use my iPhone and that's pretty much it. And all my food pictures and stuff like that, I really wish I could have... Um, taken those at a better quality uh but i don't know that's something I, i'm thinking about maybe buy a nice camera or something like that <laughs> heck you could probably hire you could probably hire some like young photographer just like follow you around honestly i know <laughs> i thought about it i just feel like hey are you busy for a season can you come follow me around <laughs> Well, and honestly, though, I mean, it, it might sound like a, it might sound like a stretch, but, um, you know, professionally, uh, it, for even, even for the food pictures and all that you, um, offer, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like a stretch, but yeah. honestly, it w I think it would benefit someone like you to have someone following you around and just taking pictures and just capturing those moments, um, in a, in a, in a high clarity kind of shot. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I look at all these other Instagrams and I'm like, wow, their pictures are so professional and cool. And like, it, they really, you know, a photographer can capture it better than just a normal person can. So, you know, when I am dragging out decoys or, you know, hanging a stand or something like that, it would be cool to document those um those memories and i think it, it it's also important for um people to see that on my social media that i'm not just like you know take a picture with the book and that's it but i'm putting in 14 hour days sometimes like doing all this stuff in the woods um that would be really cool to capture and show people as well and honestly, uh, and it's kind of going to be like a little bit of a joke maybe, but if you've watched YouTube to learn how to hunt and you got into it, you could easily watch YouTube and figure out how to run a camera. I promise. I've tried to take photography classes before and it was kind of a disaster. So. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, just in, just in high school, but you know all that shutter speed stuff and all of that, I can't figure out. <laughs> it honestly, it's it's honestly not it's not very hard, and and uh, and I don't have honestly like I played hockey, and I mean I was a jock, like basically that's what it was. But I played hockey, and I couldn't, I I can't play the guitar, I can barely play the recorder. Um, I don't have, I, I don't have an artistic bone in my body, but picking up a camera, uh, allowed me, I think to, um, to kind of, this kind of sound weird, but like get kind of in touch with my artistic side. And that's kind of how I got, you know, 
yeah. once I started picking up a camera, that was kind of like my other outlet because I'm like, I'm doing all this cool stuff. I feel like it's cool, my opinion. Um, but I feel like I'm doing all this stuff and, and I want people to see kind of what I'm doing and, you know, you kind of figure it out, but you should give photography another chance because, you know, your Instagram and what you're doing on a daily basis um, definitely, definitely allows for that. Yeah, you're right. Maybe talked me into it. <laughs> there you go. What, uh, I got a question for you. What, what advice do you have for, uh, what advice do you have for anyone, um, you know, probably like any woman wanting to get in the outdoor industry, uh, if they're listening, um, and whatnot, if they're, you know, if they're afraid of getting into it because they're afraid of, you know, what men might think or what their friends might think, um, you know, or they're just nervous about getting into it because they don't know, uh, what they feel like they need to know to get into it. What advice do you have for women out there? Uh, hopefully that are listening. I think my biggest advice would be to just be authentic. Like it has to come um, from a really good place. Like don't do it for the followers. Don't do it because you want to meet people at trade shows. Like do it because you actually want to do this. Um, it'll consume your life <laughs> and in a good way. Um, but, you know, you just have to really make sure that you have a good head about you because there's definitely a bunch of different avenues that you could go wrong um and I yeah I would just say be authentic pick your friendships wisely hang out with other women that have the same morals and integrity that you do um so it really makes it easy to make good decisions that's a good answer um we're and don't go. be intimidated either and don't be intimidated <laughs> either yeah those are all really good points. Um, we're going to do a kind of, we're going to kind of wrap this up here. Um, and you're going to have uh, a story. Okay. I think, do you have a story? I'm going to put you on a story here in a couple minutes. Um, but we're going to do a couple, like, I'm going to fire off like some quick questions. I haven't done this for anybody. Anybody else is kind of a new thing. We'll see how it goes. A little trial run here, but it's really short. It's going to be like, Two, okay. uh, two answers. You can pick one or the other. Just say, just say the answer, and we'll move on to the next question. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, bush beer or White Claw? Oh, bush. <laughs> ducks or geese? Mm, ducks. Dry field or timber? Dry field. Ooh, really? Can uh, Kansas deer or Arkansas ducks? <laughs> um, Arkansas. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. Guide series podcast or any other podcast out there? Guide series. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm wanting to hear. I can't believe you said uh, you said dry field over timber. Are you kidding me? Timber's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Tim, 
timber timber is a lot of work but they're harder you... to land in timber you think sometimes <laughs> uh, well you got when you got me behind the duck call they're they're easy to get in the timber uh i'm i'm too i'm shooting my own yeah hunt. i guess it depends on who you hunt with okay um, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding I, I'm you have kidding. to hide like eight guys in that timber that's hard <laughs> <laughs> that is true it is it is it can be tough to hide people but no i i have like four calls around my neck and don't know how to blow any of them so it's okay um and then do you have a, uh do you have a story for us any 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 story like any client story any guiding story funny good bad sad happy hmm. let me think about it well actually my first duck hunt ever was with two w um and i it was actually like a kind of a timber hunt we were in flooded timber but we also had a little bit of a field in front of us and I was pretty gun shy and we just like these ducks were landing like crazy and we were like film limits and all of that and I was just so scared to actually like shoot my gun and I think like towards the end of it I got more comfortable and stuff like that but that was my first and I hated it, to be honest. And that was my first experience duck hunting. And I was like, I hate this. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> and here I am three years later and I'm working for them. <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, it, you know, you have to give things a second shot sometimes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> but yeah. it was a lot of fun that morning. Now that I look back, that was like, we talk about that hunt still to this day because we just had a blast and we're just killing them so it was a lot of fun and so you were just scared you were just nervous to pull the trigger yeah I mean it's kind of like what I was talked about before like I was the only woman and I was with I think we had like 10 guys at that time I went out with the owner James and he was guiding this group of men and they all have like 45 years of duck hunting experience on me. And they were just like, their guns were going off before I even saw the duck. <laughs> so it was just, it was hard for me to get, get in. <laughs> but I mean, I'm glad I stuck it out because now it's one of my favorite things. That's a good story. And I know my fiance Hunter, when I took, when I took her on our first <laughs> duck hunt, we didn't kill very many ducks. I think we killed like three all morning in the timber and it was kind of a rough hunt. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like all, all I prayed for it was for it to be a good hunt. So she could like see some action, see why I'm gone every weekend during duck Aww. season. And, and uh, we only yeah. shot, we only <laughs> shot three ducks and she, she, and, and, and for someone that is not used to it, uh, it, it's hard to pick up birds. It can be, especially in the timber too. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's super hard to pick up birds. And she, I, I don't think she saw the first two that came in um i'm like telling i'm like oh here they come here they come here they come and and she and it was kind of i think it was dark it was early in the morning so <laughs> even that made it even harder but the other one uh that we ended up killing that morning she saw and she i told her i'm like empty it like the next duck that comes in empty all three shells no matter what just do it and she actually <laughs> she, she saw that she saw yeah. it she emptied it and i think she hit it once um but and what she do, I took her on a dove hunt too. And I think, well, this is just, 
I'm just rambling now, but I think, and you might be able to agree with me because Kansas actually puts on some pretty spectacular dove hunts. Um, I think anyone kind of getting into wing wing shooting um, should definitely go dove hunting uh, before um, because that is kind of like a, yeah, uh, kind of like a, um, like a, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a, uh, like a, like a, like a teacher beginner, a warm up, um, warm up that they can see something flying, birds flying. They can see them coming for the most part. And when I took, when I took Hunter down there to Arkansas last, I guess this past dove season, she warm out, warm out. So, <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. That's kind of my first experience duck hunting was not like, it was great. Oh my gosh. Like that's what you come to Stucker, Arkansas for. But I was like, what the heck is going on? I can't even pick these ducks out, <laughs> but I did get better. <laughs> that's good. That's all. That's all that matters. So uh, we're going to end it. Uh, toe tags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my ad read just went, my phone just locked. Cause I am, I don't know these ad reads by heart, but uh, toe tags LLC is the home of the original <laughs> proof waterfowl tagging solution. If you're hunting just up the road or across the U S and Canada, make sure you're transporting and storing your tag birds to avoid hardy finds and possible jail time for a complete list of products. Visit www.toetagsllc.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Again, that's toe tags LLC for all your tagging needs. Maddie, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. Uh, you were awesome tonight. Um, just, um, we're, we're happy to have our second woman on the, on the podcast and, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get somewhere on here. Um, you, we had Christina wing on here first and then you being the second one and both you, um, are, are awesome conservationists that, uh, that us men are happy to have, uh, in the world of, uh, the outdoors. So. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. And letting me ramble. <laughs> yeah, no, I ramble all the time. So pe- people probably get tired of listening to me, to be honest. But uh, they're 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 here they're here for our guests and not me. And uh, definitely, people are definitely going to listen to this one and, uh, and listen to this one back. So we appreciate you having having you on, and uh, and definitely we'll have to do it again. And we'll have to get some beers, and uh, so you can uh, meet my fiance, yeah. Hunter, Hunter as well. Yes, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter squared. <laughs> yeah, Hunter squared. That's right. Anyway, everybody, this podcast will be out Friday morning. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Uh, if you want to uh, any have any ad reads, just DM me. Um, and I'm going to start doing uh, some calling lessons, too. Um, and uh, I, I am actually okay on the duck call. I was kind of kidding earlier because uh, I don't like to toot my own horn or brag. But I am, I am okay on the <laughs> duck call. You- I'm okay on the duck call. So I am going to start doing some calling lessons. If you want to do some lessons with me, uh, just DM me. I'd be more than happy to help you out. Duck season is near and uh, I can't wait for it. So good luck, Maddie, with uh, the rest of whitetail season and Arkansas, uh, heading into Arkansas duck season as well. Awesome. Thank you so much.